0: This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Thursday, January 16th, 2014. I'm Caleb Brown. The president has claimed the power to declare when the Senate is and is not in session for the purposes of choosing high level appointees. The Supreme Court is currently weighing that issue. It could be the most egregious power grab of this president's time in office, says Trevor Burris, a research fellow at the Cato Institute. You say that this is the most egregious of the president's unconstitutional actions. Why is that?
1: Well, he essentially decided that he has the power to declare whether or not the Senate is in session. And if you think about something that's just a – if that were to be the rule of the Constitution, a really bad rule of government, something that the framers would never, ever endorse when you have a a checks and balances system and the legislator is supposed to check the president. And the president comes in and says, I'm going to decide if you're really in session. And and in order to make these recess appointments, that's what he had to do. He had to – Uh, write these sessions out of existence, say that they were sham sessions and that he would be the one who determines if the Senate is really in session.
0: So historically, what do we know about Senate
1: sessions? Uh, A Senate session is declared by the Senate and there's a lot of different types of them. Uh, They take, they have a, a official session when you, you know, the 68th Senate or the 69th Senate, they have an official one and then they have a break between the sessions. And those are called recesses. And the president's recess appointments power is supposed to come into effect if the Senate is not in session to give advice and consent to nominees, to offices that the Senate has to give advice and consent on, Supreme Court justices, heads of agencies, things like that. And that's supposed to be the normal way that you appoint people. But knowing that the Senate would be out of town or assuming that they'd be out of town for nine months at a time when they wrote the Constitution. And the president, and they were, of course, often out of town, and the president would be the guy who was always in town. And if someone died who was a very essential position, and they died, and he wasn't going to call the Senate back in to get their horse and buggies and their horses and come back to give advice and consent, he had the power to make a recess appointment. Now, of course, from a constitutional interpretation standpoint, you have to ask, what is a recess? Uh, It says he can appoint to vacancies that may happen And that's another question. And then whether or not the Senate is in session. And the Senate said they were in session in what they call pro forma sessions, uh, which were the case that usually one senator comes in, gavels the Senate to to order, which is empty, uh, and a minute later gavels them out. But still, that's in the journal. That's in the Senate journal. It says this is a session of the Senate. Sometimes they even pass laws during those sessions.
0: So the issue is very clearly here who decides whether or not the Senate is in session
1: yeah that's the most that is the narrowest issue there are actually three issues before the court in this case because this is amazingly the first time that the court has ever the supreme court has ever heard a case about the recess appointments clause usually it's just been executive uh, attorney general opinions and nothing ever came of it but this was such an egregious violation that a a case was brought against it Um, so the issue the first issue is what is a recess and going back 200 years there was the question of the recess between Senate, official Senate sessions, and then ones within Senate sessions, like a lunch break or a coffee break or Christmas break. Those would be intra-session recesses, recesses that are inside of a session. And presidents have been appointing people during intra-session recesses now for about a hundred years. And then the next question was how long does an intrasession recess have to be in order for the president to make these appointments? And generally this has been a bipartisan game of how low can you go with Republicans and Democrats each trying to push the line even further and now it's about it was about 10 days George W Bush did a 10 day intra-session recess appointment and so did Clinton and so after that Harry Reid came in, and in 2007, in order to block Bush's appointees, created these pro forma sessions where every three days during Christmas break, the Senate would meet in this gavely, empty chamber to order. Which meant, from their standpoint, that this the recess was only three days long because the Senate was meeting every three days, which kept the president from doing this. So President Obama comes along and says, "You guys weren't actually meeting on my determination." So all those issues are at play here. The question of whether or not the president can decide if the Senate is in session, that one is, I think, going to get nine votes unanimous against the president on this because it is so beyond the pale of good governance in in the Constitution.
0: And this is, uh, as you say, never been before the court directly before. So whatever the Supreme Court ends up saying, they don't have a lot to look to in terms of uh, previous decisions on this. And is it is it your estimation that they're going to draw a very clear line in the sand that this is – the Senate does indeed make its own rules?
1: Yes. I think that all of them will agree to that. The court uh, – during the oral arguments uh, yesterday, they were very, very um, skeptical about the government's position. They kept asking the government – uh, well, what do you want the Senate to do? I mean, you know, if the Senate just changes some words, or or what are they going to do? They're going to they can name post offices during these pro forma sessions. And would that be enough uh, for it to be a real session of the Senate? In the president's estimation, and should he even be making that call? I think all the justices are going to agree with that. Fewer justices will try to say that these are unconstitutional because the meaning of the word recess in the clause, or the meaning of the word may happen in the clause, or other types of originalism arguments. But it is interesting that because this is just about the first time that any court, except for a few ones earlier this year, has ever heard this, it's a very originalist type of argument. You're looking at the meanings of the words because you don't have precedent. Uh, what, what did the word recess mean in 1787? And it says vacancies that may happen. So what did may happen mean in 1787? And all of that will mean that I think 9-0 Obama is going to be uh, – struck down on these appointments. And I think it would be a good thing to establish a clear rule that the Senate decides if it's in session, not the president.
0: Now, a a related but smaller issue here is actually Richard Cordray himself, the office to which he has been uh, appointed. Uh, There are different rules for replacing the person who sits at the head of that agency Congress doesn't fund that agency. Mm -hmm. Uh, The Federal Reserve does. So their normal power uh, associated with agencies, that is, well, we just won't fund these uh, uh, agencies, uh, it doesn't necessarily
1: apply here. Exactly, and, and this is somewhat moot because Cordray has since been appointed uh, or officially appointed, not a recess appointment, to the Consumer Finance Protection Bureau. And some of the the National Labor Relations Board, those are the four appointees that, that President Obama made. But yes, this is a very uh, – the, the Consumer Finance Protection Bureau is an incredibly insulated agency and if he can not even have to get the advice and consent of the Senate and, and if he can just ram anyone through on a recess appointments and the Senate and Congress can't defund them at all because they get paid out of uh, the Federal Reserve funding, then they're, they have no control of it whatsoever. It just goes straight from the executive to the bureau. And these are the kind of things that that make for bad governance if you let this stuff happen. Um, and so we need to return some good governance to the constitutional structure of agencies and and that the Senate actually has advice and consent on this and that they determine if they're in session. Trevor Burris
0: is a research fellow at the Cato Institute. You can read more of his work at cato.org.